0: Hello and welcome to Our Black Gay Diaspora Podcast. I'm your host, Eric. And for this episode, we're going to be doing things a little differently in that I will be sharing with you my journey and creating this podcast and this platform. I'll talk about my professional and personal experiences that are shaping my passion for highlighting the positivity and the diversity that exists amongst Black LGBTQ citizens throughout the world. I want to start off by thanking my listeners and guests. This is a new podcast, and I just thank you so much for supporting it. And I thank our guests, too, so far, who have represented Malawi, Great Britain, Nigeria, and South Africa. So thank you. You know, our tagline is Together Celebrating Our Global Community. And for me, this sums up a space for Black LGBTQ plus citizens to come together and to inspire and educate each other on who we are in our respective countries and professions. As you can tell by my accent, I am American and I've been here in Europe now since October 2019 as a digital nomad graphic designer and writer. I've been mainly in Stockholm, Sweden. I made this decision about two plus years ago After years of working in a corporate environment as a graphic designer, but now that I'm a freelancer, designer, writer, and now podcast producer, I'm looking for ways to promote international awareness. To stick with our format, I'm going to let you know where I'm at and how I'm feeling right now. And how I'm feeling is honestly a little bit nervous. I am really excited and love interviewing other people, but to have the focus on me is relatively new. But I have already felt the love from you guys, and I know that I'm not alone, and I know that there's a lot of support here. So I'll just share with you a little bit about where I'm at right now and I'm feeling pretty good other than as I said being nervous I'm currently in the United Kingdom in England I've been here since the end of March and I hope to return to Sweden this summer and more on why I'm here in the UK I probably will share in a later episode earlier today, a friend of mine in Stockholm, Sweden, he turned me on to an event that was going on today online. It was really cool because I was able to see some young talent, uh, singers and presenters and guest speakers who are making a difference. You know, I look for motivation wherever I can get it from those who have traveled the road ahead of me and those of us who are, I won't say coming behind me, but those of us who are a few paces behind where i'm at right now as far as age so yeah it was really cool to watch that and yeah that was my day today so how did this idea come about to create this platform our black gay diaspora podcast you know honestly it came out of a little bit of frustration you know i've traveled internationally pretty much consistently at least once a year since 2008 when i went to spain You know, I always tell people back in the States that wherever I've gone, except for one country, Latvia, I've always seen people that look similar to me, other Black people, not usually from the U.S., but I definitely see people that remind me that we're everywhere, that we exist everywhere, and that we thrive everywhere. Of course, adding to the mix, me being also gay... I also wanted to find out like where we were at and what we were doing and how we were thriving. And, of course, I turned to the Internet. Not always, but quite often whenever I would log on and just type in Black gay men, some of the top things that came up were sex or pornography. And not to shame that or anything. That's not why I'm bringing that up. But it was just a little disappointing for me because I know as myself, a black gay man, that we're more than the act of sex. For me, I was really looking for people in specifically Sweden, who they are and what they were doing. It was beginning of February of this year, 2021. I just woke up around two, three in the morning and this idea came to me to just start this podcast. I had no name. I did stay up for the next two hours and just start writing ideas about like what I wanted and what I was hoping to do and how I was hoping to reach other people who were hoping to connect with others too within their native countries and also in other parts of the world and other parts of the African diaspora, which includes North America, Europe, of course Africa, and other parts of the world. The gift of writing things down, I shared it with a friend in Sweden, and he said he thought it was a really good idea. And so I started to move forward with creating a logo and the tagline and things like that, that I knew for me would come more organically. And then the next phase was to come up with a name and... Also, I started a preliminary guest list then, too, because, you know, as a Black gay man who's been out for 20 plus years, there's been quite a few people that I've come across either in reading about their work or seeing their work that I was very interested in finding out more and uploaded the first episode. I think it was the end of March. The beautiful thing about uploading that first episode was that I reached out to someone who I initially was not going to reach out to right away because I felt that for who I was as far as me just getting this off the ground and this being a new platform, I didn't think I would be able to reach out to people that, in my opinion, I think have really great credentials professionally. I believe it was divinely inspired that a voice within said, just send him a note, and if he says yes, fine. If he says no, that's okay too. And within an hour, he said yes. and. One of the things I've learned on this journey in the last year and a half of being here in Europe is that, you know, I'm not a religious person, but for many years, I believe that I'm a spiritual person. And I've believed in a higher power and a higher reality in the universe, whatever the term is that you'd like to call it God. But this journey in particular has helped me to realize that in believing in a higher power and a higher purpose, that I can also believe in myself. And so reaching out to that first guest, Leon Lopez, in episode one, that just gave me the boost that I think I needed to say, okay, I don't know what this is. I don't know where this is going, but pay attention to that calm center in the middle of my chest and just keep moving forward. And so Leon was a great guest. That's episode one. That's how this got started. And it's continuing to grow. I see people online, on Instagram, on Twitter, who have been given some positive feedback. And again, I just really, really appreciate that. It's also for me about history. I love history. I grew up in a home where I have an aunt who is a retired librarian. I grew up in a home where we were just always surrounded by books, education, and history, especially Black history, was always encouraged within the home. And so our Black Gay Diaspora podcast is really connected to that, too. Of course, I would like to interview people who are making a difference today in the world. But I also want to share what I know and hope that our guests can share, too, our great leaders and people that have inspired us and me in particular who have come before us. There's James Baldwin. There's Audrey Lohr. There's Barbara Jordan. Alice Walker. Keith Boykin. Topher Campbell, John Amici, and the list goes on and on. So I would like this podcast, this platform to also be a way to share our rich and diverse history, which I believe is all over the world, or I know it's all over the world. I said in our trailer episode that the LGBTQ plus movement, the contemporary history is about 15 years old, starting with the 1969 Stonewall riot and moving forward to where we're at right now, I still feel that us in the Black LGBTQ plus community, we're still fighting for our voice, fighting for our voices to be heard, not just in the LGBTQ community, but also within the Black community. I would like to, in whatever way I can, help us to be more known and more celebrated And more love, mainly amongst each other. And again, going back to our history, names that a lot of people in the mainstream Black and non-Black LGBTQ plus community are not aware of or may have forgotten about or just been pushed to the back of our history. I mentioned that I would like to live in Sweden. And the first question I get when I tell people that is, why? Why Sweden? Similar to how this podcast came about, it was not planned. It was not expected. Again, I, I mentioned earlier that I love to travel. I discovered, or I rediscovered, I should say, I rediscovered the beauty of travel, of international travel in particular in 2008 when I went to Spain. And what kind of sparked that was my dad, who passed away a year before, I just kind of opened up to him about my hope that i could travel again one day i had traveled once out of the u.s but i was very young and he said well you can still do it and one of the things that he encouraged me to do when it was known that he was really sick was he said you can honor my memory eric by following your passion and traveling and so yeah that's how that started but i say that to say that you know sweden was not planned When I first went to Sweden in the late summer of 2015, August, I believe it was, it was through Denmark. A friend of mine was participating in the Ironman Triathlon in Copenhagen, Denmark, and asked if I would join him just as a support. And I said, sure. And so I booked the trip and I looked up as much as I could on Denmark and watched programs. I'm a geek that way. I like to find out as much as I can about a country or a city that I'm visiting so that I can get as much out of the experience that I can. And then I mentioned it to an acquaintance at work who, just by coincidence, we were also neighbors living on the same street. And she's Swedish. And she suggested that I also add Sweden to my trip since it's right next door to Denmark. And I was able to find a really cheap flight. And that was how that journey began. But again, I wasn't focused on Sweden at all. I was just like, oh, okay, I'm going to be in Denmark. And then I'll spend a few days in Sweden, in Stockholm in particular. And what happened for me was when I landed in Stockholm, I was by myself, I just felt something different right away. One of the things I do when I travel, even within the U.S., is I always ask myself, could I live here? And I didn't ask myself that when I landed at uh, Orlando Airport in Stockholm. It was more that I felt something. I felt a connection. And this was literally just landing there and taking the commuter train into the city, I won't say that I felt that I was at home, but I definitely felt comfortable, and and something in the energy that I was feeling on that first trip felt familiar. When I returned, my Swedish friend allowed me to gush about how much I would love to live in Stockholm. And then she said, well, you went in the summer. You should probably return in the winter since they do have some pretty cold winters. So I did that. I booked a flight less than six months later to return in the winter. And then I returned again from 2016 until my decision to make a go of it in 2019 what was it that I felt when I first landed in Sweden? You know, Sweden has a reputation or the general consensus is that the people there can be aloof and somewhat reserved until you get to know them. I did not know that was their reputation my first journey there. But finding that out later, it kind of made sense because I'm an introvert. I openly admit that now doesn't mean I'm not social and don't have a network of friends and so on. You know, I'm somewhat of a subdued person. Yeah, when I landed in Sweden, I didn't feel like I had to be anyone but myself. I didn't have those concrete thoughts then, but I just felt kind of like, oh, I can just be me. And, you know, tell you this much now that as a Black person, I've traveled all over. I have never landed anywhere where I was not made aware on some level that I'm Black. But on a personal level, I will say I feel more myself now. It is Europe, and Europe and America do have some similarities, in my opinion, and based on my experience of walking in this body, that are not ideal when it comes to race and, of course, racism. One thing I've learned on this journey is I'm not going to find Nirvana anywhere on this planet, but I can exist and thrive where I feel most comfortable. The singer Nena Cherry, who coincidentally, is Swedish-born, Black Swedish, but she has lived most of her adult life, as far as I'm aware, in the UK. But I do remember seeing an interview of hers a few years ago. I'm just paraphrasing here. She did say that when she first landed in the UK in her young adult life, that was the first time she felt like she was at home. And when she said that, I knew what she meant. So yeah. That is how my journey began in wanting to live in Sweden. So, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I'm a graphic designer. That is where I've had most of my professional experience in the last 20 plus years. I initially went to college at 18 to be a journalist, a writer. That was my dream from as early as I can remember. And I didn't mention this, but I'm originally from Phoenix, Arizona. Like many people, I moved to Los Angeles to be an actor. I was there for a few years pursuing that and life happened and it didn't work out in the way that I had expected it to in the time frame that I expected it to. I didn't see myself living again in Phoenix and so I made a life for myself in Los Angeles, working mainly in corporate America, doing administrative work and a company that I was working at, I had an opportunity to work in their presentations department, editing reports. And my supervisor at the time was starting to incorporate graphics into the presentations to make them more dynamic. And for me, as someone who is a creative, I saw an opportunity to learn graphic design. And I started to come in on the weekends and learn the programs or work on small projects. And that's how that career trajectory grew. I learned so much there, but I never really found my voice And part of the reason for that is that I was reticent about having a voice, about speaking my mind, about literally just presenting my ideas. But I did learn a lot there from a technical standpoint, and it was truly my education as far as graphic design is concerned. And eventually, years later, I did return to school and earned a degree in graphic design. Writing was another one that I returned to a few years ago thanks to a friend of mine, Robin, who is friends with Hallie. And they started a memoir writing group in Los Angeles called The Missing Piece, P-E-A-C-E. And that's where I rediscovered my writing. So when I knew that I was going to be making this journey to live in Europe, writing was something that I also wanted to challenge myself to pursue on a professional level. Now, of course, I share my experiences as a Black person, but part of what makes this premise even more unique is that I am part of the LGBTQ plus community as a gay man. So yeah, I'll share with you a little bit about my coming out story or my awarenesses of myself as gay. I grew up in a A loving home, but it was repressed in ways in that we didn't talk about sex in general, regardless of sexual orientation. I don't remember hearing anything really homophobic within my immediate family, but I also know in just living in society that it was not something that was ideal, as with most families, regardless of race. Looking back, I knew as early as five, not that I was gay, but that I was different and different in that I was different from the other boys. I knew some of my interests did not align with what boys were expected to like or to enjoy, which included sports. You know, I have a theory that I don't think it's so much that we don't like sports or many of us as black gay men or gay men in particular don't like sports. It's that maybe that's an arena where we sense on a subconscious level that we're different and that if we try to exist and thrive in that particular arena, that we may be singled out for being different as far as being gay. In my teen years, I was honestly really shut down, I'll say. And part of that could have been, especially around puberty, that I was having so many awarenesses that my sexual fantasies were not centered around girls like, you know, a lot of the boys were talking about. I wasn't aware of being romantically attracted to boys. I definitely was aware of being physically attracted to them. And every time that awareness attempted to pop to the surface, I would just shut it down. I found ways to shut it down, not around religion, I didn't really grow up with a lot of religion within the home, but within myself saying that I'm a quote unquote, nice kid, I'm quiet, I'm shy. And this does not align with that for me to be attracted to boys, to be attracted to other boys like me. That doesn't fit with being a good little boy. And so I just focused on my schooling and anything that created the perception that I was just really ambitious and focused on my education. I didn't come out actually until my late 20s, until I was 28. And this is interesting because I had a gay best friend in high school. But my justification for that relationship was that I was just an open-minded person. It was the art of denial. That's what I lived for a long time. It was the art of denial. And it was so... Deep and ingrained that in a lot of ways during those years, I wasn't aware of it. I probably all these years later still working through how to process why I was not ready. I guess it just comes down to you're ready when you're ready. So, yeah. You know, I've been here in Europe for a year and a half, and back home, friends and family asked me, well, what are the differences that I noticed between Europe and the U.S., specifically around being Black? I always tell people that I've yet to land anywhere where I was not aware of being Black, and especially when people would find out or hear my accent and discover that I'm American. You know, I always say that entertainment educates media machines in the U.S., music and television, it's global and Black American music is everywhere. I never have kidded myself that I would ever be able to put that on the shelf and it would be a non-topic, at least within my own internal life. I I never want to rate racism and say there's better racism and worse racism, because for me that's feeding into something that I don't want to exist. But there's differences for sure. The first time actually that I noticed it was when I went to England when I was in high school. I was on a school trip my senior year of high school. That was my first awareness of energies. And I will say that the U.S., at least from my perspective as a Black American, There is more of a tension, I will say, in the U.S. around race than I've noticed as of yet in other parts of the world, at least in Europe, the countries that I visited in Europe, and then, of course, in Canada. One of the things that I think for me is a challenge around being Black in Europe, not so much in London, but in places where the Black population is even smaller, is stairs. For myself, someone who is more subdued, that is uncomfortable for me. And I think it can be uncomfortable for anybody in my opinion, but from my own personal experience and awareness, it's a little uncomfortable for me. And it could be idle curiosity. I know, and I do acknowledge it within myself that I am leading with my experiences as a Black American. However, I never ignore the realities that I have to be mindful of my emotional and physical safety wherever I go when it comes to race and of course, racism. So, yeah, there's some differences I do notice, but I challenge myself through my support system that I've developed in my time here. Namely, I want to call her out, Naomi, who is a world traveler. She is my example of a fellow Black American who lives her best life wherever she goes. So Naomi has been a great resource for me whenever I wonder about myself as a Black American traveling throughout the world. I would suggest everyone do it, especially those of us in the States. The United States is a very large country, but in some ways it feels like an island. And I think at least my awareness of things being here in the UK and in Sweden is that Americans, we know less about other countries And they know more about us. So I definitely recommend anyone, regardless of race, but especially black people, black Americans to travel whenever you can, because, again, as I mentioned earlier, we're everywhere and we don't have to be limited to our home country if we choose not to or if it doesn't feel right for us. So, yeah, get a passport, get a ticket and just do it. You know another thing i've been asked is how do i travel alone solo traveling for me internationally has been going on since 2012 when i first went to canada to montreal and again i just say you do it as long as you have all your tools of being aware of your safety in your home country and your home city you just take those tools with you wherever you go and the gift of the Internet is that we have so many people out there who have lived the life of what I'm living right now. as a digital nomad or just the international travel who can offer you so many great resources and tips and tools to thrive and pursue your travel and professional and personal dreams wherever you are in the world. And I always tell people, too, you don't have to have a lot of money to do it. I'm not staying in five star hotels. This all happens just through a little bit of budgeting and not denying myself, but saying, you know, what is important to me and what can I splurge on every now and again. It's totally cool. It's totally possible as a black person to do this. So how is it dating in Europe as a black gay person? My awareness is so far is it's not too different than what it is in the U.S., Of course, the Black populations in Europe are not on the same scale as they are in some of the major cities in the United States. Not so much in walking around life, but in online dating, I found that there are opportunities to date other Black gay men, especially in the UK, where I believe has probably the largest Black population as far as countries here in Europe, as far as interests from non-Blacks in Europe, I have gotten responses. And it's been similar in the U.S. And I am not opposed to interracial dating. You know, my tools that I use in the U.S., I use them in being mindful of the reality that some people may not have the most ideal intentions when they're reaching out to me as a Black gay man. So I'm definitely mindful of that. You know, with this podcast, it's helping to reshape how my experiences as a Black gay person, as a Black gay man in particular, are influencing my work, my professional work. Of course, with this new platform, with podcasting, with writing, and then also with graphic design. You know, as I mentioned earlier, I worked for a corporate environment for many years, but although I was technically proficient, I never really had much opportunity in those years to interject my own outlooks and life experiences and perspectives when it came to influencing the work that I did. I think just now that I'm living life as an expat in Europe, it's given me the opportunity as a creative to say, oh, I have ideas too, and I'm going to find ways to see how they can align with any creative endeavor that I go after, either my own or ones where I'm collaborating with other people. It's remind me too something that I didn't know initially when I was acting is that I have to believe in on an emotional and organic level, whatever I'm doing, it is okay to bring my life experiences, my perceptions, who I am into anything that I do. And I believe that This podcast, Our Black Gay Diaspora Podcast, is helping me to reinforce and to fine-tune for me that belief that my journey as a Black gay man can benefit in a positive way the work that I'm doing. And that's actually happened in the guests that I've interviewed so far. I made this decision to move to Europe at a time, at an age when... Quite a few people are settled in their lives, either personally or professionally, and not that I did not have an established career, a life in Los Angeles consisting around my friends, my network. But in being here in Europe, I've been given permission just through the experiences that have led up to this to say that it's never too late to go after either new passions or passions or dreams that I forgot about. In response to a question that a younger person asked me once, I told him that what the media doesn't tell you is that after the age of 40 and above, you never lose your passions for living. You never lose your passions for learning if you choose to. And this journey that I'm on as an expatriate in Europe is definitely reinforcing that. I have found through this that I can't do it alone. In my personal life, I've discovered that I need to reach out more to my close network of friends. I've also discovered that some people don't understand this journey, people that love and care for me, family and friends. I have to remember, one, that they do love and care for me, but that, two, they may not understand this, and it's not a judgment on me. It's just their concern, but it doesn't mean that I can't still pursue what I'm pursuing right now. I've also returned to looking for examples outside of my personal network, and one of those people is Tina Turner. She's an example for me of somebody who really came into her own at a time where a lot of people said that she couldn't as a woman of a particular age. I most recently just watched her latest documentary on HBO and it added fuel to the fire that it's never too late to go after what I believe in and what feels right for me. And so, yes, that's a little bit of who I am and how this podcast came about. And again, it's been amazing in such a short time. The idea for this podcast for me is a reminder that If I stay quiet long enough and listen to the voice of positivity of the universe of God, that so many of my answers are there if I just stay quiet long enough to listen to them. And once I listen to them, to believe in them. Thank you so much for joining me. I look forward to your continued support. And please, if you have any feedback or suggestions on guests or future episodes, please let me know. So stay tuned to our next episode. Ciao! Thank you for spending time with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, comment, and subscribe. Share with your friends too. You can also follow us on Instagram at our Black Gay Diaspora and on Twitter at BLK Gay Diaspora. Until next time.